Sundays we've been talking about prayer, and uh, this week closes that series out. We closed it out uh, a month, uh, really, of, of uh, prayer uh, each and every day, and it, it culminated yesterday in the last 24 hours with uh, 24 hours of prayer here, and it was a good time. I showed up yesterday morning for my half hour of prayer, and then uh, somebody was here uh, when I got here, and somebody was here when I left, and it was a, a great time. Uh, during during my uh, during my time of prayer, and so I uh, hope it was for you if you were able to be a part of that as well. Well, this morning uh, we are we're going to close out this series. I hope it doesn't close out prayer for you, as we'll see here in just a few minutes. Uh, but but it is going to close out uh, this this series, uh, pray twelve twelve. So far, we've talked about several different things. Three weeks ago, when we kicked off the series, we saw that that God invites us to call Him Father. That he has invited us into his family. We have a, a family, a familial relationship. And that changes everything. When I, when I show up to my parents' house, I never knock on the door. Like, I, I, I open the door like I own the place. Why? Because my mom and my dad live there. My dad, it's my dad's house. And so I am welcome in anytime. I, I, I have access to his house. And I, and I get to show up. And I don't have to stop on my way to the refrigerator. Even though it's not my house, I don't live there. It's my dad's house. And so I have access to his house in a way that I don't have access to your house. Because he is, he's my dad. And that's, that's what we saw the first week. That, that um, we are invited to call our Heavenly Father, Dad, Father. And, and our relationship is is based on those terms. He is our father. Then the next week we saw that God is a promise keeper and he is, or he's a promise giver and he's a promise keeper. He has given us many, many promises and he keeps every single one of them. And then last week we saw that, that part of our prayer is interceding for those that have never heard the gospel or have rejected the gospel. They, they, they've never, never heard the name of Jesus and we come and we intercede on their behalf for the sake of salvation. And while all of those are true, and, and we see that God is a promise giver, He's a promise keeper. He is our Father. While all of those are true, many times I look around at my uh, surroundings, at, at what seems to be reality, and it seems as if evil is prevailing. That, 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 that evil is prevailing. It seems as if, when, when, even though I come to the Lord and I ask Him uh, to, for, for requests, and I ask Him, God, these, these are your promises. Would you keep these promises? And, and by the way, would you answer them my way? Like, I just got to throw that caveat in there. It seems as if he is, His line is closed and He has no answering machine, right? It seems as if He is silent on the other end. And it seems as if if I'm looking at my surroundings, I'm looking at, at reality from my limited perspective that evil is on the move and it is winning. That's what it seems like from my perspective. Just yesterday, um, Mary Jo and I, our family, hung out with a 23 and a 19-year-old who had been praying for 11 years that their mom would be healed of cancer. And she passed away on Friday. And, and I'm like, God, we, we prayed for 11 
years. So I pray personally for, for about five or six years that you would heal her, that you would, that you would clean out that cancer from her, from her body. And it did not happen on this side of eternity. And it seems as if evil is on the move, is on the prowl. And, it's, and it seems, from my perspective, as if it's winning. Talk to a, 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 a dad this week who's been praying for his son to come back to, to the Lord for 10 years. 10 years. And he's still moving further and further and further away from his upbringing and from the Lord. And it seems as if God is not answering. Talked to a, a lady just this past week as well that her husband left. Things are going well for him. And her life is not moving in the trajectory she thought it should or she longed for. She was faithful. She, she did what she was supposed to do. She was a faithful wife. She, she showed up. She loved him well. And he bolted from their marriage. And he seems to be the one who is prospering, who is doing well. And it seems a bit as if evil is on the move and is winning from my limited perspective. And that is just my conversations. That's just my life in the past week. I'm not even talking about when I turn on the news and I see that, that, that these missionaries that are, that are being taken down by people who have rejected the God of the Bible. And it seems as if evil is on the move and from my limited perspective is winning. And here's the amazing thing. Jesus knew that this would be the case. This would be from, from our finite perspective, from our limited perspective, from our, our, our finite moment in history, it would seem as if um, a discouragement should be setting in because evil is on the move and seems to be winning. That, that, that because of that, we would become discouraged. We would lose hope. We would stop praying. Jesus knew that this was going to happen, that, 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 that in this weird time in history that we live in, uh, of, of already not yet, like Jesus has already come. He has defeated death and the grave once and for all. Sin has been put in its place, has been defeated once and for all. When Jesus came and, uh, and lived on this earth perfectly, died Sacrificially and rose victoriously. He, he defeated death in the grave and sin once and for all. And yet, he has not righted every wrong yet. He has not returned to claim what is rightly his. And we live in the dash in between that. And in the dash, it seems as if evil is on the prowl and is winning. And Jesus knew that this would be our reality. And so he shared with us a story, shared with us a parable, one of my favorites. To remind us, the end has not been, uh, the end has been written, but it has not been fulfilled. Every right has not been, every wrong has not been righted. And he has not returned to claim what is rightly his. And so, until that happens, we are to persevere, to not lose heart, and to continue to pray. To come to him with our petitions. And so this morning, as we end this series on prayer, Pray 12.12 comes to an end. For 2017, I want to encourage you that even 
from our limited perspective, when things don't seem to be answered the way that we want, things aren't, aren't going the way that we want, that we are to persevere in prayer and to not lose heart. Jesus knew this would be the case. This would be our reality. And so he encouraged us to this very end. So if you have your Bibles, Luke chapter 18 is where we're going to be this morning. Luke chapter 18. And we're going to start in verse 1. And, and, and all I want to do this morning is encourage you towards two ends, uh, two points that, that I want to encourage you with as we end this series on prayer. And then we're going to pray. Number one is this. Prayer helps us. It's the fuel. If you think about it like a, like, like a car, it's the fuel that drives us to persevere and finish well. Prayer is the fuel that, that, that drives us, that, that, that pushes us to persevere in spite of what seems to be our surroundings, in, in spite of what seems to be our circumstances, in, in spite of loss, in spite of rejection, in, sp in spite of broken relationships. Prayer is the fuel that helps us persevere and finish well, a few weeks ago, I was invited by one of the home groups to um, participate in a 5K mud run. And you, you, you probably know there's this like couch to 5K that you can put on your, your phone that helps you get ready for a 5K. And for about two months leading up to this race, I knew it was coming. Like I knew it was coming. Uh, five, uh, two months leading up to this, uh, to, to this race, I kept telling myself, I need to put this couch to 5K on my phone and then start doing it. And every day I'd say it, and Mary Jo would be like, just put it on your phone and start already. Well, um, contrary to, 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 I know looking at me it doesn't seem like this, but I don't work out all that often, all right? And so I kept putting this off until the morning of the race. I did Scott's version of a couch to 5K. I got off the couch and I ran a 5K. And it did not go well. I, I just kept saying, you know what, when I was 21, I, I actually ran a 5K when I was 21, I did the same thing, and it was no problem. I ran it well, I finished strong, and I thought, I can do it again. I will will myself to do well in this race. And I realized very quickly that 36 is not 21, all right? Like, I got to work on it now. And so I started strong. I started really strong, front of the pack, running with the, the leaders, and slowly I made my way to the back. And uh, finished with, finished with the, the back of the pack there from, from our church, from that home group that invited me to be a part of it. And I had to, because I didn't train, I didn't, I didn't do the work to finish well, to, do, to finish strong. In the exact same way, Jesus is about to teach us that, that that's prayer for us. That to finish well, to finish strong, we are to pray. We're to persevere in prayer. We're to continue to come to the Lord in prayer. Even when our circumstances tell us that it doesn't work, we are to continue to come to the Lord and use prayer as the fuel to persevere and finish this race known as life well. That is what prayer is for us. And Jesus teaches us this in this parable. So if you have your, your Bible, start in verse 1 of Luke 18. Here's what Jesus has to say. And he, that's Jesus, told them, some, some Pharisees and his disciples, a parable to the effect that they, are, that they ought always to pray and not lose heart. So he's going to tell this story here in just a few minutes, and he tells us straight, uh, right up front, uh, straightforward, the purpose for sharing this parable, for teaching this story. Number one, he wants us to always pray. This is not a series. It's not a month-long event. 
It's not, a, it's not a sermon series. We are to always pray. We ought to always pray. It is the fuel for our lives. And then number two, we're going to look at our, our situation. We're going to look at our surroundings. We're going to look at reality from our limited perspective. And it's going to cause us to want to lose heart. And so Jesus tells us that we pray so we won't lose heart. That's the purpose of prayer. And that's the purpose of this parable that Jesus is about to teach us. Verse 2. Jesus tells us the story. Jesus said, In a certain city there was a judge who neither feared God nor respected man. And there was a widow in that city. So, Jesus introduces us to two characters in the story. Number one is a judge. And he's not a very nice man. He neither feared God nor respected man. He was an evil judge. And then he introduces us to a widow. And you've heard the story if you've been in Bible study at all. Widows in the first century had no status. They, they had no influence. They had no power. They, 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 they were most of the time very, very poor. They were dependent upon other people for their very survival. And so Jesus gives us these contrasting characters in this story. A very powerful man who is evil and a widow who is dependent upon other people for, for very uh, 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 survival. And there was a widow in the city who kept coming to the judge, to him, saying, Give me justice against my adversary. So Jesus tells us that this widow keeps going to the judge, this evil man, and asking him to intervene on some adversary that is causing her strife, that is causing her pain, that is causing her heartache. With this, this judge has the power to intervene. He has the power to, to remove this adversary from this lady who is vulnerable, who is weak, in society, he has the power to remove this adversary from her life. Uh, remove it so that her life would, would, would be able to be lived without this constant strife or adversary bearing down on her. Give me justice against my adversary. Here's how the evil judge responds. For a while, I refused. I refused to intervene. I refused to remove the adversary. But afterward, he said to himself, Though I neither fear God nor respect man, yet because this widow keeps bothering me, I will give her justice so that she will not beat me down by her continual coming. So here's what he says. He, he refuses to intervene. He refuses to intervene. And then finally he has this conversation with himself. I do this every day. I have conversations with myself. And here's what he tells himself. He says, self... This lady is not going to stop coming to your courtroom until you fix the problem. So, for the sake of your sanity, remove the adversary and she will stop bothering you. Just intervene. Do what you have the power to do. Remove the adversary and this widow will stop coming to the courthouse day after day after day. In the commentaries... Um, uh, actually, everyone that I looked at, it was, it was obvious to the original hearers that this judge was a Roman judge. It would not have been a Jewish judge. That would have been taken care of in a different way. This was a Roman judge. He had, he had no reason. There was no reason. Uh, no, uh, 
influence, no peer pressure, nothing that made him intervene on behalf of this widow, this vulnerable widow. Nothing was compelling him to act. And so that's why he, um, uh, for a long time, refused to intervene, refused to remove this widow, this widow's adversary. And after she kept coming and coming and coming and bothering him and bothering him and bothering him, and bothering him he told himself, self, get rid of the adversary and she will leave you alone. And so that's exactly what he did. Jesus continues. Verse 7. And will not God give justice to his elect who cry to him day and night? Will he delay long over them? I tell you, he will give justice to them speedily. Nevertheless, when the, man, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on the earth? This parable really became true to me. It, the reality of it really became true to me when I uh, became a dad and my kids got old enough to start asking for things. In our house, if dad says, ask me one more time, that doesn't mean ask me one more time, right? It, like, my, especially, my oldest will go, dad, can I have? And I'll go, no. Well, well what about this? Well, no. Uh, can, can I? No. Can I? No. And then I'll say, ask me one more time. And he knows, and I know that both means don't ask me one more time or else we're going to the bedroom, Right? I mean, I am raising a lawyer. He is nine years old, and I'm raising a lawyer. Anybody else raised a, raised a lawyer or raising a lawyer? Yes. Like, and you want to say, ask me one more time, and it means you better not ask me one more time or else. And Jesus tells us in this parable that God, that, that, that our Heavenly Father says, ask me one more time. Ask me again. Ask me again. And he actually means it. Keep coming to me and asking me. And ask me again. And ask me again. When, 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 you, when you read this parable, anytime you read a parable, you're supposed to, to figure out, okay, who is God in this story and who am I? Who are we? And Jesus tells us in, in the parable exactly who we are in the story. You and I are the widow. We're the one with, with limited perspective. We have... Uh, very little influence in um, uh, comparison to the judge. And God is the judge in this story. Now that seems a little bit odd, right? Because Jesus made this judge out to be um, a wicked man. Uh, he, didn't, he didn't fear God. He was no respecter of men. And obviously that's not what Jesus is saying. He's not comparing characters between uh, the judge and God. But here is what he is saying. Here's what Jesus is saying and teaching to us through this parable. If an evil judge, if a Roman judge with limited power and limited perspective would finally acquiesce to this widow and answer her cry and remove the difficulty, remove the adversary from her life, how much more so is our Heavenly Father who has... Uh, Total perspective. Who has? Uh, th there are no barriers to his influence. There is no barrier to his power. There is no barrier to his love for us. 
How much more so is our Heavenly Father, our righteous judge, willing to intervene on our behalf when we ask him to show up in a situation? If if an unrighteous judge will, will remove this difficulty from this widow's life, how much more so will our righteous Father, our righteous judge, who is our Heavenly Father, show up in our lives and intervene on our behalf? And he tells us, ultimately, when he shows back up in his second coming, he is going to right every wrong once and for all. Jesus says, he ends this parable. When I I show back up, will I find faith on the earth? And based on the teaching, it, it shows us that, that faith looks like praying. That faith is, is, is prayer in action. Or faith in action is prayer. Coming to God and, and, and God, sh- show up on this, in this situation. Show up on my behalf. And, and we keep coming to Him and we keep coming to Him and we keep coming to Him. Asking Him to intervene. In a way that we are incapable. It seems like we're bothering him. And we've asked for 10 years. We've asked for 11 years. And he still hasn't answered our prayer. And yet he invites us to continue to come. With the hope that ultimately every wrong will be righted. When Jesus shows back up, I'm longing for his return. I want him to find faith on the earth. And I want him to find it in me. Believing that he is who he claimed to be and that he will answer according to his perfect will. Trusting that one day he will right every wrong on this earth. That when evil seems to be on the move, it seems to be winning. Ultimately, one day Jesus is going to intervene on in that situation. He's going to right that wrong. And I believe that, trust that, and continue to ask him to intervene. Trusting that one day that will happen. When Jesus shows back up, I want him to find faith on the earth. And I want him to find it in us. So the number one thing that I want to share with you this morning is that prayer is the fuel for perseverance and keeps us from losing hope. Number two is this. And lastly, when we ask, when we ask, when we ask that God hears us, he hears us when we pray. Two verses that highlight this. Second Chronicles 7, 14 and 15. My people who are called by my name, humble themselves and pray. Seek my face. Turn from their wicked ways. Then I will hear from heaven, will forgive their sin and heal their land. And then verse 15 is, is so important. Now my eyes will be open and my ears attentive to the prayer that is made in this place. It, what, is, what is he talking about in this place? What place is he talking about there? The place that God's people have humbled themselves and prayed. That's where, that's where his eyes are attentive and his ear is listening. In the place that his people have humbled themselves and prayed. There are more verses. Uh, Psalm 6-9. The Lord has heard my plea. The Lord accepts my prayer. And I could go on and on and on. I'll just give you one more. Psalm 34-15. The eyes of the Lord are toward the righteous and his ears toward their cry. 
you're a believer this morning, that's talking about you. You say, well, I don't feel righteous. Well, I don't care how you feel. The Bible tells us that that, that truth supersedes our feelings. If you, know, if you know Christ this morning, you're righteous. Your, your unrighteousness was, was in, imputed or given to Jesus, and it was defeated once and for all on the cross. And, and this, this great uh, transaction takes place. His righteousness was imputed or given to you. So his righteousness supersedes how you feel this morning. You are righteous in God's eyes. His, Jesus' righteousness has been given to you, and there's no, no feeling that removes that righteousness. You are righteous this morning if you know Christ. And look at what the Bible says about those that are righteous. The Lord, the, the eyes of the Lord are towards the righteous. His eyes are towards you this morning. They are on you. They are, they are looking towards you. And his ears are towards their cry. And we know from the parable that we just read that we can continue to bring our cries, our requests, our, 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 our prayer requests to the Lord over and over and over again. This morning, you may say, well, why, why, does, why, why does God want to play that game? Why do I have to keep coming and coming and coming and coming? Why do I have to ask Him and ask Him and ask Him? We talked about this a couple weeks ago, but I would just remind you that my heart is just dark enough and I am just prideful enough that if I asked one time and He answered, I would take the credit for it. And you would too. If I come to the Lord one time, God, I, I pray that you would save my cousin. That's a prayer request that I've been praying for years. Save my cousin. Uh, whatever, whatever you have to do, Father, I pray that you would soften his heart and he would, he would um, uh, re respond in a, in a, in a, in a, in a, by faith to your saving grace. Father, I pray that, that his heart would be softened and he would respond to that. If I prayed that one time and then I shared with him, I'm just prideful enough to think that I, that I was the one that made the difference. If we prayed for our kids who were running from the Lord one time... We would be just prideful enough to think that we're the ones who made the difference. But when we ask, and 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 we do this for months, we do this for years, we do this for decades. When God intervenes, and I believe in his word, he wants to. God intervenes, he's the one who gets the glory. We can't claim any credit for that. So this morning, I don't know where you're at. We're going to do something different in this service than we did last hour. I don't know where you're at, and I don't know what you're praying for. But if there's something that you have been praying for consistently, God, intervene, intervene, intervene. I see evil on the move, and it seems to be winning. God, I pray that I would not lose heart, and I would continue to believe what your word has said, that you will right every wrong ultimately. Lord, I pray it would be on this side of eternity, but if it's not, I trust that you are a promise giver, and you are a promise keeper. And I, am, I, I don't want to lose heart. I don't want to lose faith. I want when you return, and Father, I pray it soon. I want you to find faith, faith on the earth, and I want you to find it in me. That's your prayer this morning. Here's what I'm going to ask you to do. We're going to bow our heads. We're going to close our eyes. If that's you this morning, I'm going to ask you to stand up. There's a, a specific prayer request that you've been praying for and God has not shown up in a way that you have asked him to right now. We're going to come to him. We're going to ask him again. And we're going to do it again. And we're going to do it again. So that he is the one who gets the glory. And so here in just a minute, I'm going to, I'm going to ask if that's you. And you would stand and we're going to ask him again to intercede.
and to intervene. I don't know what that issue is necessarily, but he does. And so right there in the stillness of your own heart, ask you to pray that God would, would know your prayers and would show up in a very real way. So let's pray and let's ask, just as he's commanded us to do. Father, we come to you submitting ourselves to your teaching. That you've invited us to come and to ask you, Heavenly Father, to bother you is the word that you, that you use. And so that's exactly what we're going to do. We're coming back and asking you again. If, if that's you this morning, if you just stand up wherever you're at. You've been praying and God has not shown up so far, but you're going to ask again. In the stillness of your own heart, just ask again. He knows what it is. Jesus.